Artcentric Podcast with Rafi and Klee. Hola, you amazing artists. It's Rafi and Klee. And today we're going to talk about how to get people to go visit your art website. Mm-hmm. Um, as a lot of you guys know that have an art website or any kind of website whatsoever, um, usually when you first create your website and put it out there, and even for some people that have had a site for a while, you start to notice that uh, it, it might as well be an internet um, Siberia. Siberia, like off where nobody's going to find it. And so in this podcast, we want to talk a little bit about what it is that we do to um, drive traffic. I hate saying drive traffic, but what it is that we do to make our website engaging and fun so that people go, go to, to it. it. Yeah. So one of the first things that I want to say before we get the podcast started is well one of the very first things I want to say is I want to welcome the rogues. The rogues are here with us. So if you hear us uh, reading a comment, that's because we are reading their brilliance, and uh, they get to chime in during the podcast, which is so great because we get all these artists from around the world that get to chime in on one particular thing. So it's not just us yammering on with our powers combined. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Wow, it's been a long time. I know. Who knows that reference? <laughs> yeah, let us know if you know, with our powers combined, <laughs> we shall make a great podcast. <laughs> uh, so let's see. The first thing that I want to say is there is no secret to getting people to visit your website. Everything that we're going to talk about is just stuff that we do. And it, and it works out really well because right now... Clee and I are revamping our artist website. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's been it's been about a year and a half since we moved, and before that, even like there were a lot of things that during the move that we had to put on pause, and like our store just got kind of janky. And then during the move, I found that I have more paintings than what I have listed on the site. You're like, who did this painting? <laughs> it is. It is. Glover said Captain Planet. Yes. Yes, exactly. You, you know, I heard that they're supposed to be making a Captain Planet live action movie. What? Uh, so this is something that I that I heard last year and I'm like, yes, I got so, uh, you know, so excited about it. And I don't know. I don't know. I'm just going to say I, it. I loved Captain Planet. I think about Captain Planet and I'm like, that was so, it was such a cheap, like, cartoon, so hokey and whatever. But at the same time, I absolutely love Captain Planet. Mm-hmm. I so remember that phrase, said <laughs> Leah. Yeah. So, so back to the website Indeed. stuff. We got sidetracked by, it, it'll happen. You get sidetracked by Captain Planet. Definitely. All right. So, you know, I forgot what I was saying, but I was, I know that I was, it, we, our website was a little janky for a little while because oh, yeah. we had to do other stuff. And that's one of the things that happens to, um, a lot of people that start a website, right? So they start a website, they get really excited. They, you know, put all this time and energy because anybody that builds up a website, you know, that half the battle is getting the pages up getting the images up, um, writing some crap for each page, you know, and that stuff takes a lot of time, right? So you get this website built, you get everything set up really beautifully, you're really happy with it, and then um, nothing happens. 
Yeah, and you're proud of it, and you're like, why am I the only one looking at it? <laughs> yeah, and then what ends up happening with that is that it becomes very discouraging, and you end up not paying any attention to your website because, you know, you post on social media, and you might get a few likes and some comments. You post stuff on your website, and nothing happens. And unfortunately, if you don't go back to your website consistently what will happen is that it will never gain that traction right and i've had artists that contacted me about their website um a few times that they've had a website for 10 years and that nothing ever happens on their website and then when i go visit their website they don't have anything that is like pulling me in you know there there's nothing there um, one of them in particular, even when I said, you know, uh, send me a link to your website, they didn't send me a link. They were like, just, uh, look for this. Mm. Right. And then I ended up like looking for that. And it was maybe on the fourth page of Google that I finally found it and was able to navigate to their site. And I was like, that's way too hard. Yeah. You don't, first off, you want to make it very easy for people to go to your site. That's the, the first thing, right? And what that means is that you have your link to your website posted on everything that you put out there. And not just everything that you put out there online, but everything that you put out there uh, in person when you're doing in-person shows. Promotional stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's another thing to think about when you're thinking about website names. Uh, Clee and I historically um, just love having long website we names. We do, don't we? <laughs> We do. All of our names are long. It's like RafiandKlee.com. That's the shortest. The most concise yeah. website name. Yeah. Yeah, RafiandKlee.com. Of course, was originally RafiWasHere.com. Our band is better on the drums.com. That's quite long. Our yeah. community is RogueArtistCommunity.com, the longest it, it, website it really name is. of all time. But the Rogue Artists, you could get there by the Rogue Fam. Rogue, Rogue Fam. RogueFam.com. Mm-hmm. Um, so Fern Shadow said, I started putting my website on the handouts I give in my art class. Perfect. Good idea. That's perfect. I make sure that we have our websites in the books that I do. Our website is in every single promotional material that we put out there. And also, uh, some of you guys who have been following us for a while know that it was painted on the side of our vehicle for many, many years. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and right now it's painted on the side of the, it's still painted our on the Our cargo side. carrier. Our cargo carrier. Next year, I'm hoping next year, I'm going to do a paint job on the Jeep and I want to bring back the vines and the trees and the uh, Rafi and Klee version of the website on our car it's just it's fun to me i love i love the idea of having an art car and now that we outright own the car we're gonna you know we're not making payments any on it anymore nope. so so we get to paint it we get to paint it and do whatever we want with it uh which would be great because there was always a mixed response with that there were people that absolutely loved the art car and then there were people that they had, were super offended yeah. by its happiness yeah um I know a couple, at least a handful of the Rogue fam has, like, modified that idea to their comfort level, and they've put, like, um, promotional stuff on their car. Oh, like the magnets and the, mm-hmm. the banner stickers and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, Window clings and what have yous. So, one of... That was something that got started because I realized when we were traveling the country, 
it was like, how are we going to get people to like, we're posting all this stuff on the website. How are we going to get people to post stuff on the website? And so like, that's what I thought of. If, if there's something that stands out, right. doesn't look like everybody else's car. Mm -hmm. um, It's going to call attention to itself and people are going to go to the website to see what the hell is this all about? You know? So that was like inspired by creativity to get people to go to the website. Uh, Clover says half my business card is a QR code to my website and on my banner. That's perfect. Clover QR codes is definitely one way to easily for everybody out there that has a, a smart device and they get to mm-hmm. just scan in the QR code and it takes them directly. The cool thing about QR codes too, is that you could create landing pages on your website and a landing page is just a page that, you know, for example, as we're putting together our store, um, I'm going to have a page that is dedicated to the books that I sell, mm-hmm. right? So that's called a landing page because if you check the background analytics where you could check how many people are visiting a, a, a certain page, that gives you an idea of like, okay, so I did this thing and wow, look at that. 20 people showed up and to, they, that. to that page, to that link. Clover also said, I also have a holographic sticker with the QR code on my back window of my SUV. Yes, that's awesome. I love that, Clover. Nice. Leah said, I've had several websites and most have failed until the one I've got on Substack. It's just hard to keep up the post every week since my content is on other artists and writers. Yeah, and that, that's the thing to remember is like, so it's easy for people to go on social media and post and slowly but surely you kind of build that up right um it's easier for people your website is your website so i think a lot of people get um stuck on it because they end up with a static site because they're not doing anything yeah well it's very it's tempting to um lean towards social media or selling platforms because there's built-in traffic there so it can mean more instant gratification than the long-term goal of getting people to your website i fell into that trap for the longest time when we were selling on etsy yeah um and doing social media um you know like what i what we were promoting like i i had my etsy shop on our business card like for a long time now the website was on there too but i had both on there and um you know, I leaned into Etsy because it had the built-in traffic with it. And it was quick. It was quick results. And that's mm-hmm. that's the issue. Is like when you're building up a website, you are building up a website. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I talk about in the marketing book is to look at the internet almost like uh, where your website is in the internet, almost like a spider web, right? So you're at the center of the spider web and you are either creating um, streams that are connecting to other things around you and and basically solidifying that whole thing, right? Where it connects here, connects there, connects there. And the more you have, the stronger of a presence that you have there, the more bugs you're going to catch in your web, per se. You know, like, I don't know. It's not really a great analogy, but like the more bugs you're going to catch. And the the thing about it is that a lot of people will post their website or create a website and then not even share that link on any of their social media, right? Or they'll talk about something that they did, you know, they'll do a blog post and then they'll do a separate thing on social media instead of linking the two, Mm -hmm. right? And 
you got to remember that anytime you visit a new website online, like there's a learning curve there. Like you got to figure out how to navigate that website. And to be honest with you, for most of us, like we just, you know, you go to a website once, you're not really sure where to find things and then you don't really go back. And, but if there is something consistently drawing you to the website itself and you start to really see what the benefits are of it, then you're going to learn how to navigate that website. I want to clarify something you said, because I think um, people who have done this might know what you meant, but some people might not know what you meant. So, for example, you make a post on social media. Maybe it's a new listing on your website, or maybe it's a blog post. Uh, One of the mistakes that I used to make back in the day was, like, I would write a thing, and instead of posting it from the website, I would post it directly to social media meaning there's no backlink to the website. Right. So you would have the post on the website and a separate post on social media. And Rafi would tell me, like, post it on the website and then take that website link and share that to social media so that it links back to the site. Yeah. Otherwise, it links to nothing. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And it's it's twice the work. It's twice the amount of work. It's so simple, but it's something that, like, I just didn't, do in the beginning yeah it did not occur to me and that's the thing you want more stuff the more stuff there is out there that links and directs back to your site the more people are going to visit and what you want especially if you have a blog and that's the first thing that i have on my list here is write a blog post right write write a blog write a weekly blog write a monthly blog write something about your artist journey on your website right because then you could share that. Some some artist sites, some websites have the capability of automatically sharing that on your social media. That's great. There are other methods that you could do to automatically share that post across the board. But the more that it's out there, the more links you have that lead back to your site, the more opportunities there are for people to subscribe to your blog, right? Because they're interested in you. And that's the beauty of it is like a website is... Almost, it's not like a calling card for the business. It is a representation of who you are and what you are all about. You got to remember, like when you go to our website, um, you'll see that there's the music, there's the stuff, but there's also the personal blog from an artist. And other artists are interested in that. Uh, My collectors are interested in that. A lot of people that follow us are interested in knowing like what's going on in the lives of Rafi and Klee. Mm -hmm. And it really does give the art itself a context, right? It, it, it gives it, it gives it an emotional value behind why it is that I create the kind of art that I create. If people know me a little bit better, Mm -hmm. it adds depth to the, the connection. Cameron's here. Hi, Cameron. Clover said, there are so many artists I buy from frequently. If they were on Etsy, I wouldn't buy as much. I love just going to one place with no distractions from other sellers. Exactly. Most definitely. That makes you a rare unicorn um, who I also will seek out an artist's website. Um, whether I found them on Etsy or not, like I'll see if they have an independent website rather than. Yeah. And the truth is that there's a lot of people out there that would rather, you know, there are a lot people of people have gotten very used to going to Etsy, but honestly, a lot of people would much rather go to an artist's website and just see what that artist has to do. Now, 
the thing is that artist needs to build that rapport and that relationship, right? You see really cool things from this artist on social media. You want to know a little bit more. Maybe you just want to know a little bit more about them. And so you go to their website to Mm -hmm. find out more because that's the place where there's more information on the person, right? And what they do and what they create and what they think and all that stuff. And it's a really cool way to be able to show a glimpse of all of that is when you utilize your website like that. A lot of people, unfortunately, they they forget that aspect of it and their website just becomes a sales market place, which is, you know, uh, you're not going to find out anything other than what I sell. Right. Which uh, I make the analogy like, you know, um, somebody finding you on social media is kind of akin to somebody meeting you at a show or a market in real life. And then you um, get somebody on your website and it's kind of like the equivalent of them visiting your studio. Yeah. Right. So the whole point of a studio visit normally is that the person wants to get to know you, see where you work, know more about the pieces and sort of get that extra level of um, connection there. So if your website is failing to do that, then it's kind of like you just left them in your foyer. Yeah. <laughs> With no, like... You just... <laughs> you basically, they're just standing there. You're like, I might be right back. Or and I might not. Or I might not. <laughs> um, so there are a few things that I have listed here uh, as far as, like, the things that we focus on when building up that rapport, right? And... Here's the thing, you guys, you got to get people to go to your website first before you could build that rapport, right? Mm-hmm. So you could have a great artist bio on there, an introductory page, have all this fun stuff on your website. Um, but if it's, if it, nobody's going to it because you're not sending them there, then, you know, that's, that's part one. So I like the idea of the blog post and sharing it out there because that does give an intimate view um, into your life. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I would say that you want to really keep in mind is you have either a static website, right? So what a static website would be is something that doesn't change. That's like, um, I would say like a business card, right? This is who I am. This is how you contact me, blank, 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 right? So somebody goes to your website once, they could write down that information and they have no reason to visit your website ever again. If it never changes, yeah. That's something that I definitely do not recommend. I recommend that your website be dynamic. One of the other things that I recommend, and Tish is asking here a question, do you think that a freemium, freemium, I like uh, it, I like it, aka freebie, like certain formulas, digital kits, small ebooks, etc., would be a good prompt to get people to your website or blog? Yes. Um, So one of the things that I offer on our community site now, I had on the, on our personal website, and we might do a different version of this, um, is a resources page, right? So this is a place where you could go to, and there are free, just resources, things that we share with other people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not just stuff that we would share with, um, artists out there like there's a lot of stuff that we would share with collectors with with stuff like people that want to find out more information or maybe even the local community where there's stuff there resources for the local community Mm -hmm. so those are great things to have i i always think that like if you have that's dynamic because you could add to those resources and so 
every every month somebody could come back and check. And it also gives you the opportunity to be able to share that page and be like, hey, I got some new resources up or check this out. And the thing about it is that you don't want to do is share a link directly to that resource. You want people to get used to going to your website for anything that you post on there, anything that you post, even if it links to a different place. So that's that's important. Yeah, um and you know, it's a weird um it's a weird line to walk because like sometimes a freebie can seem really sketchy depending on how it's presented. Yeah. And I'm super wary of them and I know a lot of people are especially like free ebook for your in exchange for your email address. It it's all in the presentation I think cuz some of it does come across as like really sketchy well that's because it's used in a sketchy way yeah but then a lot of artists that we know um will do like if you're subscribed to their newsletter they'll do a new uh, a monthly digital download of an Mm -hmm. art piece or something like that that doesn't feel sketchy at all yeah so (laughs) and that's the difference a fine line that's the difference because you're not signing up for you know because a lot of it is like you know, uh, sign up for our e-course and get this free ebook or sign up to get blah, 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 blah. And that's really how it's used. And it's called funneling, you know, like you funnel people into whatever with the prospect of them buying something else by giving them something for free. I'll be honest, that grosses me out. Funneling. Like that, that just grosses me out. Cause like at that point I'm like, no, it's not free. Right. My, My email that's, that's valuable. Like I'm giving you my email and you're giving me, it's not a free exchange. You're not just giving me this information. You're asking for something in return. So that's where I'm like, don't, don't do the free bullshit. And I, I unfortunately go on a rant about it in my marketing book because like it just, it feels dirty. Be honest. Like, listen guys, if you sign up for my uh, blog, or if you sign up for my newsletter, I give out a free download of, you know, a screenshot or, a, you know, a, a sketch, you know, sign up for the monthly sketch thing. That, that's cool. Sign up for the monthly sketch thing, not sign up and get a free blank, blank, blank. It's like, no, 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 no. Just, just be honest with your wording. So that it doesn't sound like a lot of those scams that are out there because that's gross. You know, and a lot of people avoid those like the plague. Well, yeah, because you're worried, like, who are you going to sell my email address to? And exactly. am I going to get a thousand emails from a bunch of, like, places? Yeah. Which, unfortunately, has happened to, like, all of us. All of us. At one point or another. In most cases, like, I'll sign up for a newsletter um, because I already kind of know the person a little, maybe from social media, and I find them interesting. And then I only later on find out that they're even doing like a free monthly thing mm-hmm. after I've signed up, um, which is nice. But yeah, it all is in how you present that. And that's the thing. If you're going to do, if you're going to, let's say, set up a resources page or give away um, something free or whatever, like you want to make sure that it's in line with who you are and the things that you enjoy, right? They, there's a lot of marketing information. There's a lot of marketing uh, stuff tips out there that have to do with typical marketing stuff, which is like, you want to build this kind of thing, or you want to build this kind of thing and then offer this for free and then get them to funnel into whatever. And it's like, just, 
stay away from all that crap and just if you're going to do something for free do it because you want to because this is something that you want to share with people not to drive traffic right because that's where it gets gross like you do want people to go to your website but you want them to want to go to your website because it's changing and it's dynamic and there's there's something there that they're getting of value whether it's the blogs that you write right and it's emotional value or even content value resources something free um art that they get to see and and feel good like whatever it is like you want it to be a value in of itself right that you're just freely giving out um and that's that's Really, for me, that's one of the most important things as far as driving traffic because everything else, man, in marketing is so skeezy. Like, it's just so It really is skeezy. I think it comes down to, like, people are either going to visit your website because they like it there or you're on the flip side and you're trying to trick people into going to your website. That's a good point. That's a really good point. And for artists, it's like there's so much that we have the capability of sharing that, like, we don't need to put ourselves in a position where we need to be tricking people. No. Like, they're either going to resonate with it or not. Yeah. Um, Leith said, this makes me want to go build my own site now from scratch. (laughs) It's rewarding to do so. It's rewarding. You could also fall into that, that pit of, like, where you're building something and then you're like, you know... Then there's a better idea, and then there's a better idea, and then there's a better idea. And it's like, you just got to be happy with what you set up and then add to it as as you go if you want to. Yeah. Clover said, I think freebies will bring traffic, but it may not be the traffic you want. But your content blog stuff is free. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I say, like, you want to make sure that it is you. It is definitely something that you want to do, not that you're... You know, and that's where it's like the motivation is the stuff that's under the surface, right? So, like, you want it to be you and you want it to be something that you want to freely share, not something that you're doing because it's going to drive traffic. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. that's important. Intention is everything. And if you think that people can't smell it, they can, I guess. Same thing with shows, right? Are you doing it out of desperation or are you doing Are you on the up and up? Yeah, like that's essential. And people could smell that a mile away. And you know, it's funny because I'll go to, we'll go visit a website, um, and like you just you can feel it. It's like, uh, this is this is. So Tish is like, there are friendly funnels set in quotations, like giving them the option upfront to sign up for the weekly emails or unsubscribe from your mailing list. This has become popular because of different laws. Yeah, I don't the. That whole thing, Tish, the a lot of the lingo, I think that that was one of the issues that, so I know marketing, but one of the issues that I had with writing the marketing book is that whole idea of like stuff like that to get traffic, it, it works. But this idea of funneling humans through this, you know, conveyor belt in order to uh, get more, you know, everybody talks about building your email list and blah, blah, blah. And it's like a lot of that just takes the humanity out of it. And so um, it's just a word, you know, funnels Mm -hmm. there. I have a good association with it when I think of funnel cakes, you know, that's great. Those are good. But I I just I'm not a fan of funnels. Uh, I think that what we do is we will offer stuff 
and you can sign up and get more, but you're going to get the stuff anyway. And that's that's where I'm like, if you're going to say that something is free, then it needs to be free. Yeah. So, for example, you can go to our website and you can get all of our free stuff without giving us your email address. Or you can see our resources page. You can download stuff um, from our website for free yeah. and never share your email. So the email is strictly like you like us and you literally just legitimately want to know what's going on with us. And I know that can be hard at first, especially if you don't have a social media presence because you're like, well, how are people going to get to know me unless I get them to sign up for my newsletter? Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's the thing. You're going to get people that show up, you know, like the on the Rogue Community site, the resources are free. You don't mm-hmm. even have to be a member of the, the Rogue Artist site to get those resources. So, like, people are going to show up. They're going to get the resources. They're going to leave. They're never going to come back. But some people are going to show up a little bit more often. And that's the thing. They're going to get exposure to what it is that you're offering through that, right? Mm -hmm. It's not about building that up or getting people's emails that maybe they're going to give you a fake email and not even ever pay attention again. And then you've, sure, you've got a big mailing list, but the majority of those emails, nobody's paying attention to them. I have an email address that I put into places that I don't want to be bothered with their emails. Same. I'll put this out there and then we'll move on to our next thing. Um, One of the benefits of having your art on a website that you control and operate is actually that you get to, to set it up in a way where there's a good chance that the people that are ordering art from you know a little bit about you. And what that eliminates is... Yeah, you might get heavy traffic from like Etsy um, or a platform like that. And you might even cast a wide net, which is another marketing term, and get an uptick in traffic to your website. And you might even get a slew of buyers. But dealing with buyers that don't know jack about you can be really frustrating. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It can feel icky. It can feel... I don't know. It just, there's a difference in the feeling that whatever, you know, there's people that find our site through um, just Google shopping search results or what have you. And I'm not sure sometimes if they know us from another avenue or not, but there's just a more personal level of interaction there. So what I'm saying is that you don't necessarily want slews of people driven to your website through some of these marketing tactics. You want to build that rapport a little bit at a time. You really, you really want to. You want to. You want it to be your people that have been with you. We have people that have followed us and have been collectors of our stuff for years, mm-hmm. right? And really, that's where I realized that, like, when it came to the website and updating the website, it was important to consistently keep telling that story because some of these people are subscribed to our blog. Because they just want to keep up with us, with what we're doing and, you know, what we're thinking about and what's going on. And they get they get a benefit from the blogs because, you know, I for the most part, when I write a blog, it's usually about life. <laughs> I don't even write blogs about art in particular, but like, you know, unless it has something to do with what I'm writing about. But it it's so great to get responses from people that have been following us for years that I know are are looking at the blog. Right. And as Susan said, more quality people than quantity people. Yeah. I'm just going to be perfectly blunt with what I'm saying here. 
anytime I've ever had a problem with a customer that I was like, oh, I don't want to deal with this. It's been on Etsy, not on our oh, yeah. website. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> that kind of stuff does not happen on our website. Um, I guess because we're not trying to pull in hordes of people ca- and cast that wide net. Clover said, there is also quality traffic and there is bulk. You can get a bunch of people to your website with a bunch of tricks, but they won't be your long-term clients. That's essentially exactly. what I, yeah, that's exactly. a more concise way to say what I just took five minutes to say. Thanks, Clover. <laughs> Valerie wants to know, I'm working on my new website and I just decided that I will combine my two income streams, but they are different. What's the best way to separate two businesses under the same umbrella? There's a few different ways you can do it and it definitely depends on how different or closely related your two things are. I'm going to shamelessly plug our website right now to look at as an example because we have books and music and art and jewelry and sculpture. Now all of those are under the umbrella of Art Studio, but they're all um, sequestered in their respective categories. So you might use our layout as a template. Yeah. And um, really, at the end of the day, our website is about Rafi and Klee. Mm-hmm. So we can literally post. I mean, at one point, we had our adventure videos on there and we had, you know, whatever whatever new thing is coming up, that's mm-hmm. what we that's what we put on there. Um, because for the most part, people that go to that website are interested in us and what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you might, you know, you might need to um, take a different approach, depending, like I said, on how how related or unrelated your two income streams are. Some of the Rogue Fam ha- operate two separate websites because, but they cross promote one website on the other, and yeah. that's what works best for them. Um, for some folks, all in one works as long as it. What I wouldn't do is throw it all on one like page obviously like no. have clearly defined landing pages and sections and and make sure that it's clear what the person visiting is looking at and that's all you really need with that kind of thing is clarity clarity um if it's confusing then you haven't you have you're not finished setting it up exactly and we can say that cuz our website was really confusing in the beginning <laughs> And it's been clarified over the years. It has been clarified over the years. So I want to read this list real quick. Okay. um, Just to go down, then we could talk about it. This is a list that I made of different things that we have done to get um, people to go to our site. You know, to, to, to make our site a place where people are comfortable to go to. Um, so I already mentioned, write blog post, uh, guest blogging too. So for example, on the rogue, uh, community site, we, our rogues get to post blogs and each one of those blogs has a link to their website. That's just one more link that leads right back to their website. Yeah. And gosh, those blogs are awesome. Yeah. So like posting blog, tell everyone about what's new on social media and make sure that it links back to the site. Tie it into your site somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, searchable titles, right? So you want the the titles of your website to be something that somebody would look for. So, for example, like our um, music page, even though our band was called Better on Drums, the music says 
uh, music by Rafi and Klee because Rafi and Klee are actually a search term on Google. That, so, that's how people look for us. Yeah. yeah. Or, for example, you don't want to call your um, piece of art something that no one's ever going to search, like the crux of <laughs> quintessence at dawn, yeah. right? Um, you want to use searchable terms, at least in your listing titles. Yeah. Um, so... I'm not going to call something um, uh, glacial, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to call it Tree of Life Necklace on yeah. Moonstone. Yeah, the artwork <laughs> the artwork itself, um, you could have the title for the artwork itself. But when it comes to the listing title, like you want to make sure that it's it's something that somebody might Google. Because every single page and every single product and every single link and blog and everything that you put on your website does become searchable online. And that's one thing to keep in mind. Um, so think of the searchable titles. Don't stress out about it though. Like just think of it and, you know, come yeah. up with the first thing. Uh, I already mentioned creating a free resource. So like free resources page, um, repurpose the stuff that you do. So like if you, Post you do post uh, something on social media or um, anywhere else on your blog, or you just posted a new product. Write a blog. Write a blog about that new thing, and kind of like reuse stuff throughout. I know a lot of people have a hard time with that because it's like, oh, I gotta come up with new stuff all the time. It's like, no, you don't. Um, uh, also, some people feel really weird about repurposing content, like they're gonna get in trouble for it. Yeah, no, you can repurpose <laughs> whatever. Um, Self-populate your articles. So like on our websites, both both the sites, whenever I post a blog, it automatically posted on Twitter, Facebook, and all these different areas. And then for other areas where I want things to link up, there's stuff like IFTTT um, is something that I use to kind of like share across the board. So when I post a blog, it goes everywhere. Um, including like LinkedIn. LinkedIn has its own blog thing that you could attach to a site through an RSS feed. So that those are things that are a little bit more technical that you're going to want to look at so that you get more more of it shared out there instead of just, you know, you write a blog and then you share it on one thing. Mm -hmm. You want to automatically do that so you don't spend all your time sitting there trying to share sh stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, engage with people that go to your website and comment on your stuff. You know, I've commented on people's websites and they've never responded to me. And I'm like, just, just on the web. It doesn't matter if you respond on social media or not, but respond to people on your website. I go on people's websites and if I comment, it's funny. I almost don't expect to ever hear from them again, but if I do, then that's really nice yeah. and special. Uh, send messages to your site. Okay, so I wrote this out and I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> oh, I know what you mean. What do I mean? Uh, you mean redirect inquiries from social media oh, to yes. your website. Yes, yes. Okay, so a lot of people are really used to, um, especially when we moved into this, this area that we're in, mm -hmm. right? So many people use like Facebook as their business page, right? Mm -hmm. They use social media as if it were their website, um, don't do that. Don't do that because it doesn't belong to you. You're just using somebody else's platform and they could delete your page, do lock whatever they out. want, lock you out, have your own website. And when it comes to communications with people, find ways to get those messages, either redirect them, um, send them an automated message in messenger that says, you know what? 
um, to cut, I'm really busy or, you know, I don't check this off. I don't check this off. And in order to get in, get a hold of me, please contact me here. That's what I recommend. There are so many people that use that and it just, it becomes too much. It becomes too much. Yeah. Um, it can be overwhelming to try and keep up, especially if you're on multiple sites and you have, obviously every platform has its own direct messaging feature. And I have lately been doing that. Like if it's a jewelry inquiry, like please email me or visit yeah. our website because I'm not going to be able to keep up with communication. No, with I, you I keep track of my DM. email and stuff like that and stuff mm-hmm. through the website. That's where I want to direct people is my website because that's what I have control over. I don't want people to get used to contacting me on social media and that that's where, because all that changes and instead of them going directly to a place where they could contact us, now they're going to a place where it's a sea of people that they might contact or not. So mm-hmm. get them used to going to your website and messaging you there. Um, the other thing is doing contests, polls, giveaways, you know, having having fun with that. Not doing those things in order to get people to go to your site, but to do it because you, you want to. I think that that's important. Um Obviously, starting a newsletter. A newsletter is where I usually talk about, like, if we're going to do a live sale or we're doing stuff, you know, with uh, I've, we've got this new collection out. That's the newsletter. The blog itself is much more personal. So that's, The blog is, like, topic-specific, right, where the newsletter is like, yeah, like you said, here's what's upcoming. Yeah, here's what's upcoming and all that stuff. Um, local directories, obviously, like, local places like you know the um chamber of commerce mm-hmm. like all these sites art uh what are they called art not art societies art councils art, art councils, councils and things like that a lot of times they'll have a website and you'll be able to link your site to theirs mm-hmm. um take a look at those things anything that's local or even in the surrounding area and you know that just if you could get your site on a local directory for free, why not? Why not do it? Yeah. Um, one of the things that I did in the past, and it was cool, but honestly, if you don't have time for this, I wouldn't even bother doing this. But, you know, getting your site in an article, um, a lot of times reporters are looking for information specific stuff. Um, so I am subscribed to Haro which will send a thing out that says, you know, these uh, journalists are looking for information on this thing, that thing, that thing, right? And every once in a while, there's one that has to do with art, and I'll see if um, it's in line with something that I would want to talk about. And basically what they would do is, you know, on that news article, they list your name and then they list your website as a reference so um, if you're interested in that kind of thing and you don't mind writing and or being subscribed and seeing if there's an opportunity, the website is called helpareporter.com. Um, so, yeah, that's that's one way of getting your site uh, mm-hmm. in a newspaper. The other way is getting featured in a newspaper is by doing something awesome and getting featured in your local paper and asking them to put your website up. The, the other thing, too, is getting featured by other people in a podcast, being interviewed, Stuff like that. So that really comes down to the kind of information and resources that you're putting out there for people Mm -hmm. um, and the things that you're doing. And most importantly, I would say focus on quality. Like, you know, when it comes to what we offer 
um, on our website, whether it's a blog or anything, immediately what I'm thinking about is how can I offer some value to somebody that is just visiting, right? That took the time to come here. That that took the time to come to come to the website because in my mind that that kind of dominates everything that we do, where it's like, what if you met somebody? Or somebody came to your show or somebody came to the website and they have absolutely nothing to offer you. How would you treat them? Mm-hmm. And for me, it's important that like they get treated well, that they walk away with some kind of benefit, even though they may not be benefiting me. Mm-hmm. And that's important to me. Um, so it it kind of dictates everything that I do out there. Clover said... I used to want a bunch of different social media and website, but the more I do this, the more I realize people buy because of the person behind the art and not the categories. So I just put it all together. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) It's true. People buy art from people that they like. It's been said so many times. It's cliche at this point, but it's true. People buy art from people that they like. People buy uh, things from websites that they find engaging. People buy things from websites that they find helpful. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing to remember is like, you know, they're, the best thing to do, you know, like I barely, I will, if I buy something on Amazon, right, I might talk about it, it's specific thing. But I may not say, like, I bought it on Amazon or, like, yeah, I found this thing on Amazon. Mm-hmm. But if I buy a pair of socks from a website that is talking about how they donate one pair of socks every time you buy a pair of socks to the homeless and things like that, then there's a story there. There's something attached to that that I can talk about. Yeah, you like my socks? Like, I got them at blank, blank, blank. And Every time, you know, they're a really cool company. This is what they do and blah, 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 blah. They're really cool people. This is the kind of art they do. They're really cool. You know, like, that's the thing that I think about when I visit a website is like, what's the story here that somebody's going to be able to go and relate that place to someone else and make them want to go visit? Mm-hmm. Um, and really, it comes down to like who you are and, and what you're putting out there. That's one of the reasons that on our website we have a mission statement page mm-hmm. where we talk about ourselves and what our mission is in life. And if, if you email us, uh, you'll get responses that are in line with that. And I'm going to segue into a cautionary tale here for a moment because it doesn't even need to be like art or something expensive or even something that personal. I... I'm kind of picky about my hair care products, and I've been buying hair care products from a company for about two years now, and I had a problem with the conditioner recently, and I reached out to them a couple of times, and they ghosted me, and we're just talking about hair conditioner, okay? But they ghosted me when I had a problem and needed help. Yeah. And so they have forever lost me as a customer. That's all it takes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and it's just as simple as that. Right? I reached out with a problem. Maybe it was a problem they didn't want to deal with. I'm not somebody they want to deal with. Right? I wasn't there to buy in that particular occasion. And so I was treated differently than if I had reached out with a buyer inquiry. And that's right? the that's the thing to remember with the site. A lot of people get discouraged with their own website Because what they want is people to go there and buy stuff, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, if that's what your motivation is, 
then, you know, you're missing the point. The point is for people to go there and get to know who you are. Build rapport. Build that relationship. They might get to know you at the website, but they might show up at one of your shows and buy something. They might get to know you on the website and they might follow you for years before they buy something. Mm -hmm. But if there's nothing there for them to follow, then, you know, there's no rapport. There's no relationship. Kathleen's like, so much of life is don't be a jerk. Right. And and I mean, and that's the truth. (laughs) That's the truth of it. And you got to think of the motivation behind building a website. If you are building a website just because you want money, 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 money. I want people to buy my money. I want people to buy my stuff. I want money, 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 money. Then your motivation behind it is, you know, honestly kind of jerkish. Leith is like, Substack recently ghosted me on some issues with the site. Been thinking about switching places, but there is no alternative. So maybe it is time to build a site. Yeah, Leith, it's one of the reasons mm-hmm. that, my, so my site is built on with wordpress.com. Okay. And this is, you know, I'm going to give them a shout out in this podcast because I've built two websites with them. Every time I have an issue, every time I have an issue with anything, even if it's just me, like I'm running into something and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I hit the little uh, question mark at the top of the screen. I have the option to open up a chat box and a quote unquote happiness engineer will take as much time as they need to walk me through, check the system behind the, you know, and just work things out with the site. After building our website and building the huge community website that we built, like they just, I, I, I am so grateful and I love them. <laughs> so like that's, that's what you're hearing here. And they're just so polite, so nice that they have my business. If that ever changes, then maybe I will go to a different site. But that's the thing. Customer service matters so much, mm-hmm. so much. And it's not, I hate calling it customer service because customer service, human interaction matters so much. And like, I've seen people treat other people like crap because they think that they're, I've walked into, I have walked into booths at art shows and had the artist it straight up ignore me because we didn't look like we had the money because we didn't look like we had the money or he figured out oh he's got paint on his pants he's an artist he's not here to buy f that guy Mm -hmm. you know and it's like dude i was here to buy something you know like and that's that's the thing it's like there are all these assumptions of like what it is that you're gonna get out of it and i think that when you're building a website you have to really think about what it is that you're gonna give and i know that that sounds so cliche and and so uh granola or whatever but it 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 really is about why would somebody go to your site repeatedly if all it is is you just desperately trying to get them to buy something or to pay attention to you. If they go to your website and there is benefit there and they don't even have to do anything, all they have to do is show up, I guarantee you that they'll keep coming back. Mm-hmm. And that that really, at the end of the day, that's what I think of when I'm building, when I'm putting my site together. Um, what what can I give? What can I give to that person that's just stopping by? Definitely, Yeah, definitely. Kathleen said transactional mindset versus community mindset. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. It's so helpful in so much of navigating an art career to think like a buyer. Like to ask yourself, 
what makes me repeatedly visit the websites that I like to go to? How did I discover the websites that I like to go to? Think like an art collector. Most of us artists are also art collectors. So that was something, it was like so simple, but when it dawned on us years ago, it was like, well, oh yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> if not, you're like looking up information, like what do what do buyers buy? And it's all this like regurgitated marketing crap that just gets shared over and over. And the reason it gets shared over and over is because it's getting shared over and over and over. And usually it's marketing places that are sharing it over and over and over. Mm -hmm. And they're just doing content writing and just sharing some stuff or hearing some crap that some expert said that this is what you're supposed to do or what you're supposed to do. And really, at the end of the day, think of, a, think of a, what attracts you to go visit something. What attracts you to sign up for something? What attracts you to look closer at something and contemplate buying it? And mm -hmm. because it's all human emotion, that's, that's the thing that I wrote in my marketing book that is the thesis of the entire thing where it's, it's all about the relationship, the human relationship that you have with yourself and with other people and everything that you put out there, whether it's on social media or your website has the opportunity to be a reflection of that relationship Marketing tends to look at all that stuff as marketing. You have a website, marketing. You post on social media, it's marketing. You uh, write anything or you do something and put it out there, marketing, right? It all has to follow an algorithm and a rhythm and all this stuff. And I'm like, everybody's effing doing that. And it is so transparent and kind of gross. So mm -hmm. you might as well just do the things that you like. What attracts you to a website? Do that because obviously you like it. You know, like do those things. Yeah, and you can use that for the minutia parts too. Like if you're trying to figure out what to call something for a listing title, ask yourself, what would I, what would I search in the search bar if I was looking for this? Yeah. How would I find this, right? I, I don't know why we overlook sometimes how we come across things and why we gravitate to the things we gravitate to and something even as simple, stupid as how we search things. Um, but, and so it's good to be reminded every once in a while, ask yourself from the flip side of that, ask yourself how you like to be replied to when you email someone, ask yourself all those questions. And if, if you're totally put off by marketing, right. And marketing your site and all that stuff, I want you to rethink all of that, right? So am I building an email list or am I allowing people to follow what I'm doing? Am I posting relevant content to social media or am I sharing what's going on now? You know, like, and that's the thing. It's like, get rid of all the rhetoric and all the crap. You know, if you are giving away something and you want an email in exchange, then you say, I'm, you know, giving away this stuff for email, sign up because this is what I do every three months, you know, and then people have the option to do it. But that whole business of like tricking people into like, get this for free. There, there's so many of those like artist uh, marketing courses 
that are like, sign up for free for the first blah, 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 and then, you know, get it for this much a month. And then next thing you know, sure, you get this for this much a month, but then you better sign up for this because then there's the extended course and this thing and all these things start adding up. And I'm like, just be honest from the get-go. Just be honest from the get-go. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if you are sharing the artwork, be proud of the artwork that you're sharing. And remember that you created that not simply because you wanted something, a product to sell. So don't treat your art like a product. Don't treat your website like a product website. It's not, it's not Amazon. It is the living, breathing place of your creation that belongs to you on the internet. It's your little piece of dirt on the internet. Your plot of land. Your plot of land that you get to do whatever it is that you want to do with it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So that is basically all I have. That's all we got for um, getting people to go to your website. That's pretty much what we do um, when it comes to just getting people to go to the website is all about sharing stuff and making sure that you yourself are super excited about your site so that you keep sharing on it, right? That it's not based on how many people are visiting, but that you are using your site in such a fun way that you can look back and be like, yeah, look at all those blogs that I wrote or like all this stuff or I did these uh, polls you know, I do a poll every blah, 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 or, you know, like, look at the responses that I've gotten on these. And wow, look at that. Like, we've built a, a community of people that like what I do on my site. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's important to think of. Think of your website as a community place, because that's that's a gathering place for the people that are interested in what you're putting out there. Definitely. And even if it's still in the works, it's little things like my pictures look amazing. Yeah, And exactly. my product descriptions are chef's kiss, right? Because <laughs> it's getting there. It's getting there, but it's all of it. But I think, I think it is the human. And I know that I went into a rant several times in this video, um, in the, in this podcast, because it's just... It's so important to me to really, really put across that, like, when it comes to every single marketing tactic that is out there, they are all based on human emotion and connecting with other humans, right? Some of the marketing tactics are very, um, you know, using human behavior in order to trick somebody into getting something, right? Devoid of integrity. Exactly. As artists, we don't have to trick anybody into buying our shampoo or our conditioner versus someone else's conditioner, right? Mm -hmm. It's like our conditioners are basically the same, but what benefits do mine? Like, here's a list of benefits. And if you buy one, you get one free and blah, 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 and all this stuff, right? Because they're competing, they're competing in the marketplace. So how much does this cost versus this cost and, and whatever? And it it's funny because that's the only real businessy thing that we have set up in our brains when it comes to selling, selling and money and all that stuff. And so we automatically associate that to art. So artists go out, they they look at the prices of the art of the other artists and they compare this and they compare that, not knowing 
not understanding that your art is what matters. It is unique. There is no comparison. Your website should be an expression of that. Your website should be your work of art as well. You know, have fun with it. Create something that you want to see, right? Not what's supposed to be out there. Create what you want to see for that experience to be something meaningful for the person that's coming to your site. Everything that you put out there, whether it's on social media or on your website, should be part of your expression exactly as your art. Following some cookie cutter bullcrap that other people set up, you know, and doing it exactly the way that they tell you how to do it, there's no originality there. That And, it, and honestly, all of that marketing stuff is really based on that competitive market mindset. And that's what a lot of people run into when they're building their website. They think competitive marketing mindset. How could you not? That's the only information really that's out there. That's like, why in that mindset they say, be first or be best. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and it's like, well, be first then. Be be the only. Yeah, be the only. <laughs> so, yeah. And be best because you're the only who yeah. does what you do. I mean, yeah, you're the best at what you do. It doesn't matter what it is that you do. You're the best at what you do. You're the best at what you put out there. You're the best you that there is. Nobody else could be you better than you. Nobody else could do what you do better than you. You just can't. There's no competition. You, it's your art. You created it. Mm-hmm. You designed it. You know, you, you came up with it. You lived whatever experiences you've lived in your life to make that art happen. You're still experiencing life in order to evolve and grow in your art career and in the human that you are and the way that you connect with the world and the things that you do. And ultimately... There's no comparison. You can't go across the board and compare somebody else's experience to yours because it just, there's no comparison there. And I think that the website is just a reflection of that. It's it's you having that opportunity to meet people out there, like you said, and not leaving them sitting in the foyer. Foyer, foyer. Leaving them, yeah, with a fake ficus tree. It's fine if there's a ficus tree there. <laughs> Um, I'm constantly repeating the the quote that Clover said, which is, uh, your art is not what makes you interesting. You are what makes your art interesting. Absolutely. It's so relevant. It's like my favorite thing anyone has ever said. And it's, it's because it's <laughs> spot on. It's yeah. spot on. And that's, that's the reality of it, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not what your prices are. It's not how much better your art is than this person's art or all that stuff is relative. Right. There's no across the board. You can't figure out what's too expensive and what's not expensive enough or what's beautiful or what's not beautiful to someone like you just can't because it's really relative to the individual experience. And so when it comes down to it, like everything that you do, whether it's a website, posting, whatever it is that you do, it should really fall into that. What is the experience that would be more most fun for you to do? What kind of things would be most fun for you to share? And that's it. 
that's that's really the way that I approach site. I don't think we have anything else that we could add to this podcast, to be honest with you. So many of you guys are doing it already. Yeah. And you're in it for the long haul, and you know it, and you're doing the thing. And I've been watching your blogs and your websites and your social media presences grow, and it's amazing. And I go to your websites, and they are uh, full of your personalities, which I love. And um, so... It's like you you know what to do. So just give yourself permission to do it. Give yourself permission <laughs> to do it. And no, yeah. don't make it, you know, and I think that that's the biggest thing with with the whole marketing thing is that when you turn it into a market, nobody wants to market. Everyone hates marketing. Yeah. Nobody wants to do marketing. You know, <laughs> no and, one and, wants and, to be marketed to. No and, one wants and really, to And really at it. the end of the day, it's all the dry analytical blah 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 blah. These are the things. It's in the book I talk about it. It's like Somebody comes up with this magical thing, right? And it gets a lot of attention and a lot of response. And this person didn't do it because they wanted to get the attention. They did it because it was just something they wanted to do. And then marketing people come in and they're like, well, the reason it worked is because of this. And then they come up with an analytical reason uh, on how it worked. And then they teach that. And they're like, this is blah, blah, blah kind of marketing and this really works. This is a proven method because it's proven because it's worked in the past. And then you're supposed to follow, instead of having fun like the original person that got all the attention, now you have to follow this algorithmic thing in order to get, the, like there's nothing fun about that. I, curl, I call it the Pearl Jam phenomenon, uh, which actually is a thing. Like It's like where you dissect the thing that took off, you reverse engineer it, and then you puke out a thousand more like it, which is why there were a hundred bands that sounded like Pearl Jam yes. after <laughs> Pearl Jam <laughs> achieved fame and glory. I mean, if you want to look, if you want to look at the algorithmic um, idea of success, whenever there is a popular movie. If you look at the B-movie section, you will see a bunch of movies that are similar yeah. to that popular movie. It's incredible. And they all get released, right? I, I forget which one. I think it was like Cowboys and Aliens or something like that was released. And then next thing you know, there were like five B-movies mm-hmm. that all had to do with the Wild West and Aliens. Mm-hmm. And some of them, it's like they like altered the script. It was supposed to be a Western and they altered a script where they added like some random alien in the background and it's like that's the thing and when there's a popular band immediately it's like oh what's the algorithmic thing and then you have all these other bands that sound like it mm-hmm. you know kathleen's we- like best place to get a domain that's a question that's a question best i wouldn't know you did to be honest with you you got to figure it out for yourself uh me i Scream off the rooftops for WordPress.com. Not .org. That's a totally different thing. .org is the the free, the open source software. WordPress.com is uh, run by a company called Automatic, and they're the ones that built WooCommerce and and things like that. So, like, that's that's who I use. We stand behind it. Yeah, we stand Um, behind them. So you can, you know, you could go that route. Um, You could, but you know, know how to use WordPress. Just figure figure out which one would be better for you. There's Wix. There's uh, other ones. What's the other one? Foursquare. Uh, I, I don't think it's called Foursquare. No, it's called Squarespace. <laughs> Squarespace. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, just different things like that. So I would, I would look, I mean, I, 
that's another one of those questions. Best place to get a domain? Completely relative to me. For me, it's WordPress because that's what I've used over the last few years sure. and that's what I know how to use. Um, another domain might be, or, or another domain site would be easier to use, um, but I don't know how to use it, so it would actually be more difficult for me at this point. So really, you got you to gotta figure out which one would be easiest for you to use, and that's that's what I would... But I would most definitely own my own piece of dirt on the internet I would not rely on other platforms. I don't care what platform they are or how popular they are because platforms come and go. They change direction. They close down. They do whatever it is that they do. Um, If I was going to build something, I would build my own thing, which is our website. It'll be there way longer after the platforms Mm -hmm. or until we're gone. And then once we're gone, who cares? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it lives on in perpetuity and maybe not (laughs) and maybe if that wasn't a question from kathleen then maybe she was concurring that (laughs) was best place to get a domain wordpress yeah Yeah. anyway yeah we do love them it's true and uh yeah so that's what we have for that you guys at the end of the day just have fun have fun building a website like don't don't get stressed out about it don't think that you're getting it wrong and make sure that the experience is a good one. Um, you know, there's a difference between domain hosting and like all that stuff, but we're not going to get technical into that. Um, I, you know, before you buy a domain, do your research and mm-hmm. make sure that it's something that where the process is something that you're going to enjoy, where it's simple for you. Because at the end of the day, you're also not a website builder. You're an artist, unless you enjoy that kind of thing. You know, so, mm-hmm. um, and that's it. I want to thank the Rogue so much for being here. Leah said that she's inspired now. Awesome. <clears throat> so thank you, Rogues, for being here and giving us your insight. Always, always really good insight into um, this whole thing that we call an artist journey. And for everybody out there listening to this, thank you so much for listening or watching this podcast. We absolutely adore you. And that's it. I guess we will. uh, If you want to subscribe, go ahead and subscribe somewhere around here. I don't know where, what platform you're listening to us on, but you could go ahead and subscribe. And other than that, it is time to say goodbye. Good day. (laughs) Adios.